My number one album. Big shocker to me. Also folklore. Whoa. Are you ready to dive into all things Taylor Swift? Good for a Weekend is the ultimate podcast for any Swiftie. With new episodes dropping bi-monthly, as well as bonus episodes to give you real-time reactions to the latest rumors and news, it's your one-stop shop for all things T-Swift. We also love connecting with our fellow Weekenders, so be sure to connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and or Discord to share all your Taylor thoughts. Good for a Weekend is available wherever you get your podcasts. I know. Well, just is that like it's a perfect album when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to the Spark Parade, where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks ever so much for joining me. This week, my guest is singer, songwriter, and producer Jesse Boykins III, who spoke to me about his spark, Luc Besson's film, The Fifth Element. Uh, Jesse was an exemplary guest. Smart, funny, warm, great stories, great insights. The whole package. Sounds like a good listen, right? Well, here we go. Quick Jesse facts. Jesse Boykins III is a talented Jamaican-American singer, songwriter, and producer renowned for his soulful and captivating music. Born in Chicago, Illinois, Jesse's passion for music emerged at an early age. His eclectic style blends elements of R&B, soul, jazz, and electronic music, creating a unique and mesmerizing sound. Throughout his career, Jesse has released several critically acclaimed albums, including The Beauty Created in 2008, Solo Guru in 2012, Love Apparatus in 2014, and Bartholomew in 2017. Along the way, he has emerged as a sought-after collaborator, appearing on tracks with The Internet, Charlie Puth, Calvin Harris, Steve Lacey, and many more. His latest, absolutely fucking brilliant, album, New Growth is out now, and you should listen to it if you love life and want to enjoy the best of what it has to offer. Quick Fifth Element Facts. The Fifth Element is a French science fiction action film conceived and directed by Luc Besson. It stars Bruce Willis, Mila Jovovich, Gary Oldman, Ian Holm, and Chris Tucker. Primarily set in the 23rd century, the film's central plot involves the survival of planet Earth, which becomes the responsibility of Corbin Dallas, played by Bruce Willis, a taxicab driver and former Special Forces major, after a young woman, played by Mila Jovovich, falls into his cab. Dallas joins forces with her to recover four mystical stones essential for the defense of Earth against the impending attack of a malevolent cosmic entity. The Fifth Element was a strong financial success, earning more than $263 million at the box office on a $90 million budget. At the time of its release, it was the most expensive European film ever made. And there you have it. Time for the main course. Here comes my chat with Jesse Boykins III about The Fifth Element. 
Do you remember seeing the fifth element for the first time, getting turned on to it, any of those things? I do remember seeing the fifth element for the first time. I think I might have been in college. Yeah, I think I was a freshman in college. My freshman year was very interesting. I went to school in New York, went to New School University for jazz. But, you know, we had Parsons, Joffrey, acting school. And my roommate actually was Jonah Hill in college. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And we talked about a lot of films. We lived in this little dorm together. And we talked about a lot of films. And he was, I think at the time he was working on Iowa Huggabees and was trading off stuff. So I became more interested in it based on like just being, you know, close to him. And I was already into cinema, but was like really trying to see a lot of different types of films. So kind of ex expanding my, uh, my palette, I would say. And Fifth Element was kind of like, it's like Fifth Element to me was like the first time I heard a Pink Floyd album. You know, so it like opened my mind to like like a new version of cinema, cinema I had never seen, and just the curation of it all, like the edit, the you know John Paul Gaultier being the costume designer. You know, I love Bruce Willis, so him being in a sci-fi film, mm -hmm. all these introductions to like all these worlds, kind of hybriding and the feeling like it was of the past, but it was futuristic. You know, the surreal realism of it all, and then like yeah, like Chris Chris Rock, uh, Chris sorry, Chris Tucker's character, Ruby Rose, uh, and so yeah, everything kind of ignited something creatively in me when I first saw it. I was just so intrigued by it. Yeah, it's um, I just watched it last night, and in some ways, without all of these specific people working on it, and without all of that kind of creativity coming into it, it it isn't like the most uh, unheard of sci-fi story ever. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just like so stylish. It's these like images that are, have stayed so strong. They're so powerful. It's like, you know, a lot of it to me is um, the costumes, uh, the way that Mila Jovi Jovovich looks just with those like white <laughs> tape yes. over her. Yeah. Definitely, definitely the way Chris Tucker looks. I mean, that is just like, ooh. Yes. <laughs> love it so much. But his performance as well, like the second he comes on screen, it's like a different movie. Just everything has this like, you know, manic, like playful, otherworldly energy. So yeah, all, all of those things, I, I don't, I, I don't know. Like it's it, it's hard to say how this film would have been remembered without all of those like the the sty stylishness uh, thrown in, but yeah, um, to me that's what really brings it to life is all of those little touches. Yeah, and to add to that, I think the the thing that got me the most too, you know, speaking like characters like you know Chris Tucker's character and Mila's character, even Bruce's character is like the the jump back and to basically like the push and pull with femininity and masculinity mm -hmm. in the film in the time that it came out, you know, with the styling and certain characters and, you know, how they express themselves. And I thought that was actually a really important thing that stood out to me is, you know, that you could, you could be both. You could, the duality of it all was like in so many different ways, you know, like, it's like, yeah, Bruce Willis is, you know, he was a warrior, but now he like, he pushing taxis and, you know what I mean? Like his mom called him about some bullshit, but like he down to save people, you know, he still got that in him, you know what I mean? So the fact that we could ex be experiencing two experiences at once at all times, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like Mila character, she, like Lilo, she knows she's here to save the world, but she also knows she knew. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's like, yeah, I got a purpose, but like there's all these other things I got to learn to know truly if this is my purpose, you know what I'm saying? Like the more shit I learn, the more I, I learn about what the world is like, the more I understand 
the level of importance I have. So like the, all these dualities is really the thing that kind of drew me to it. You know what I mean? Like even th- down to like the last part, speaking to the elements, you know, it's like you go through all these technological things and all like the weapons and spaceships and da da da, and it's come down to it's like we just need fire. Yeah, we just need sw- water, sweat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need just wind. You know what I mean? So it's like those dualities is really what ignited in me to tell the stories the way that I tell the stories and, and always pay attention to the, the conversation between masculine and feminine, not only in people, but also in versions of expression. Yeah. 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 And that's like my favorite part about it. And that, that stood with me, even like the edit, you know, there's some masculine parts of the edit and there's some very, just very feminine cuts in the edit, you know, it's like, all right, Ruby Rose going down on the flight attendant, you know, that's a very feminine exchange. And then they pushed a little, rocket into the thing and the next cut like oh lights and all it's like oh shit like you know like so like there's all these plays with with the conversation between masculine and feminine that i love so much yeah yeah and again like chris tucker's performance you know part of it is like i i can't imagine anybody else playing that part I, it was like maybe gonna be jamie fox yeah <laughs> it was originally offered to prince, prince yeah. and he was like considering it and i mean that makes perfect sense like for sure. You know, Prince is, um, I, I grew up in the Twin Cities and it's like, you know, oh, amazing. I, like out, outside of like civic, you know, hometown pride, Understood. he's like Understood. one of my favorite <laughs> artists in the world anyway. And so just like imagining him, you know, even contemplating it. And apparently one of the things that made him turn it down is that he thought the character was too effeminate and he was like, I don't, that's too much even for me. That's crazy. Yeah. I actually, you know, I had dinner with Prince once. Mm. <laughs> it's a very interesting dinner I had. It was at like 1 a.m. and it was a friend of mine who was on his uh, dance or dancer on his team invited me and a friend of mine. And, you know, I, I've i been a fan of Prince, you know, most of my life. And it was a very interesting to have, like to sit down and eat with him because he was very masculine. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like really masculine. And I, once again, you know, it's like the duality thing, you know, of being able to talk to somebody like that who presents themselves in such a, you know, f- explorative way, mm-hmm. you know, in such an open perspective, uh, which is one aspect of him. But the other aspect of him is like, no, like, I'm, if I got to go hunt and kill a mammoth, I'm going to, you know, <laughs> I'm going to roll my sleeves up. I'm going to go kill a mammoth, you know, like. And so, yeah, that's that's kind of. I really liked that dinner I had with him. It was very funny. It was hard. I was trying to come up with questions to ask him and shit, and I couldn't really think of much. And I, you know, I was just like, man, I think the last thing I asked him was like, Prince, you a pescatarian, right? He's like, yes. And, you know, there's so much food on the table and we're eating and um, he's not eating anything. And I'm just like, so what, what type of like, like what type of food you like? He's like, well, I only eat one type of fish. And I was like, what type of fish you eat, Prince? You know, and I'm like, I'm like a little high on, I had a weed brownie and it kicked in later and I, cause I didn't know I was having a dinner. So it was just all the stuff was happening in my brain. I was like, shit. And I'm like getting higher as I'm talking to Prince. He's like, he's like, I only eat salmon. So like, okay, cool. Prince like, damn, Prince only eat salmon. I love salmon too, Prince. You know what I mean? But not to go off topic or tangent, but yeah, like, like that's, that's my fifth element moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> in real life. Uh, just to be clear, if those are the kind of tangents we're talking about, bring it on. Like, you know, it's, that's that's uh, very, very, very welcome here. My God. Um, yeah, I cannot yeah. imagine 
anything. Well, I was nervous. Yeah, that the the stress of like feeling yourself getting high. That's the thing about any kind of edibles. It's like Edible. it just sneaks up on you. Yo, it was like my first. Like I, you know, I was. It was like weed brownies. So mm-hmm. there's no scaling of how many milligrams. Right. None of that happening. We just like yeah, let's do it. And I was celebrating the edit I did for a video I directed, and it was that's how we were celebrating finishing the edit. And then my friend called me and was like, hey. It's 11 at night. I'm like, nothing's happening. We're, it's a wrap. It's a Tuesday at 11 at night. She's like, hey, we're having dinner at Butter with Prince. He said, I can invite some people. I want you and my, my friend Sonora, so you, you guys to pull up. I was like, all right. Then I was like, but it took her three times to ask me. The first two times she sent a text message, I thought she was trolling me. I thought it was a joke. Then she called me like, yo, are you not getting my text? And I was like, yeah, but I'm thinking like, what you, like you playing with me. And the next thing I know, you know, you can't eat, you can't eat meat in Prince's presence. You can't curse, use profanity in Prince's presence. You can't use your phone in Prince's presence. I was like, oh, you ain't serious. Like, this is a thing. Show up to the restaurant. Nobody's in the restaurant. Just a DJ and me and my friend waiting on them to get there. Like, so yeah, nah. I, but yeah, that that is funny. You, you mentioned, you know, like Prince was supposed to do the role because I could, yeah. After seeing like me and him in person, I could see why he was like, nah, I'm already too far over there. You know what I'm saying? Like in my artistry. Yeah. Uh, to play before, a character like that yeah right. um sorry before we get too far away from this the combination of like steadily getting higher having dinner with prince and knowing that there are rules that you have to remember like <laughs> at the best of times i have trouble stopping myself from swearing but just immediately i know it would have been just like fuck oh my god it's you yeah, listen and then listen. you're out we ordered like they said no 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 don't eat meat in Prince's presence. They he ended up sitting at a different table from us. So he had his personal chef there and nobody from the restaurant, no chef from the restaurant was there. So she was like, What do you guys want? It was like, where's the menu at? You know, I'm twenty, I think I'm like twenty-five at the time. It's like, where's the menu at? And she's like, There's no menu. You just tell me what you want. I'll go back there and find it. So I go, shit, I want some chicken alfredo. And then my friend goes, Yeah, me too. And so she goes, I can't cook chicken. Like there's no you can't eat me in Prince's presence. So my response to that is, I'm all high. I'm like, well, we're not in Prince's presence technically. We're sitting at this table. They sitting at that table. She goes, okay, I'll go make it. I'm like, all right, cool. As soon as she walks off, Prince goes, summons us to his table. I'm like, oh, uh, like, and then she snitched on us. She came with the food after, after all the entrees and stuff. And she looks at Prince with the bowls of chicken alfredo. She's like, they had me. They asked me to make chicken alfredo, and then we looked at Prince, and Prince looked at her, and I looked at her, like, you know, why would you tell him? And then. He goes, it's okay. They're fine. They can eat. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> we get to break a rule. It's yeah. lit. <laughs> it was cool, though, because mm. later on, I ended up playing Essence Festival the, the same year he played. And I hung out with him because, uh, you know, I stayed in contact with everybody on his team and stuff. And, you know, I hung out with him in the green room before his set. And then I was I watched him perform. And, he, like, Janelle Monae's bawling her eyes out next to me. Leon LaHavas is crying her eyes out next to me. And I'm like, watching this man jump over speakers and split and all. I was like, yo, this is amazing. But yeah, shout out Prince. Shout out Prince. He's the, still the, the artist I've seen the most times. Yeah. We know he inspired that character. Uh, And you can, you can see that, but I can also see how that particular way of using the energy that he brings to the stage was, it was like a, yeah. a divergence from, from who he actually is. For sure. You know, he's on stage and it's like the performance art right? and any performer, you know, there it's a, a heightened version of who he is, but it's still him. Exactly. He's not playing a character necessarily. And then you bring Chris Tucker in, in that, all those outfits that are like, you know, yeah, Chris Tucker probably studied 
print. You know? mm-hmm. Probably was like, oh, I'm gonna go study. You know, I already studied Michael. You know, because I know he's a huge fan of Michael at the time. Probably went in and did some research on Prince and was like, okay, and I'm already, ta- I'm all the way tapped in. Though. Yeah, yeah, and getting uh, Jean Paul Gaultier to do all of these costumes when you know his work is already a little like futuristic feeling, and you can see some of the you know structural elements that he's you know used for other singers that he's worked with or for his runway shows or whatever but another thing that i read they had like you know hundreds of extras and he was going around personally and like adjusting each one of them and making sure that the outfits were all right and it's just like oh the dedication yeah i think yeah and i think that speaks to the culture of the whole film you know and i think that's another thing even you speaking to that like you can also tell that everyone bought in you know like into this crazy concert they're like you know i'm pretty i'm sure pretty sure somebody read that script and like wait what's this movie about the divine feminine coming into like bringing a physical form to save the world like to save the universe like, right. <laughs> like she about that you know like to save the, the the whole planet like they just you know so i think like everyone reading that and being like all right yeah now we bought in let's let's do it you know i think being able to do that you know luke being able to get everyone to make this like oh this is a lifestyle we're gonna make this a lifestyle you know right um it's tough you know and there's not a lot of directors that could you know bring culture around a concept or a story you know what i mean like so like you know, I think of like George Lucas and what he did with Star Wars, mm-hmm. and like you think of Christopher Nolan, what he was doing, what he did with all the Dark Knights, and the, you know, right. everything he's done since then, like the Man of Steel and all that stuff. You think about these directors who like create these worlds where people like, yeah, nah, this this that happened for real, like you know, like like I got you know, I got Fifth Element memorabilia in my house, you know, like like I got printouts on wood of Ruby Rose and Lilo, and I got all this stuff. In my, in my bathroom, you know what I mean? Like, it's a part of my life, like, for real. Like, I don't know Time for a quick break, because somebody's got to keep the lights on around here. But we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You know, what you were saying about like people reading the script and having to kind of understand what, you know, uh, just let themselves be led along by Luc Besson in, in this like weird, weird world. But uh, I think it shows how much that script and that story spoke to like Bruce Willis, who took a big pay cut and, you know, they were kind of back and forth. They were trying to get the movie made for years and it didn't happen. And then it came back and whatever. And yeah, the fact that he believed in it. I also read a quote where he like said to Chris Tucker, that character is going to ruin your career. Like if you do this, dress like that and acting like that, that's going to ruin your career. But he's still 
playing his like kind of tough guy self, but wearing these like skin tight orange, you know, something that you would expect is like kind of nineties clubber style. And even he is, you know, even he's more kind of playing in his own lane, but he's still taking some risks and doing some, some wild stuff. Um, and again, just kind of like being taken on this journey by this director who has a very specific vision and just, just like letting it happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's interesting. Yeah, I did. I did. I know. I remember something about reading something that he said, he told Chris Tucker that, but I'm sure it was, it was a more elaborate, I'm sure it wasn't just, just that, you know, like probably like a only one-sided expression of what the conversation probably really was, you know, um, especially as actors coming up, you know, Chris Tucker being like new in the, in the, in the game at the time. And I had that many films under his belt and being a black actor at the time, I'm sure like a lot of those things were talked about other than just him being like, yo, you know, that's kind of like, I always think about that too. You know, when people talk about what conversations are like, it's like how you weren't there. You weren't, you know, how do you remember, you know, they don't barely remember the conversation for real because they've experienced so much life. You know, they've been, They've read so many stories. They've been a part of so many stories, you know, and mm. they've affected so many people, you know what I mean? Um, and and people tell them, you know what I mean? So it's probably hard to keep up on every conversation you've had with somebody. I'm pretty sure Chris probably remember it better than Bruce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Think about yeah. where he was in his life. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I think you think about films like that, you're talking about pay cuts and taking risks. Like, yeah, that's why I say everybody got to buy in. I know, I, you know. Uh, what I think, what, what did Luke Bazan do? The professional before that? What else did he do mm-hmm. before that? Uh, La Femme Nikita. Yeah. And like those three, you know, back to back. It's. Yeah. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm with it. I'm like, yeah, I'm with it. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So I, 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 I love, um, I love the aspect of the curation of everything. Like even like having buddy who played Debo be the president, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, from Friday being the president, mm-hmm. you know, his name is, I forgot his name right in this moment, but yeah, I think all, all of these risks and then all of these like uh, kind of left of center alignments all kind of make sense together. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like, yeah, we about to make this recipe. Shit, let's put some honey in there, but let's add garlic and some thyme, but maybe you might throw a little teriyaki sauce. You're like, wait, what? That's going to taste good? And then you get the dish, you like, this? Crazy. Like, wow. You know, so it's like, I like when like that happens. I need as many examples of that as possible in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also just, you know, Gary Oldman, like these, you know, amazing actors. He hates this movie. He talks about it all the time. He For hates real? it. Hates it. Why he hate it? Why did he say He's it? just like, oh, I was stupid. It was a piece of shit. I don't know. And, you know, he uh, was in The Professional, and so he did it as yeah. a favor to Luc Besson. That's hilarious. But, like, I think that and the way he looked in True Romance are, like, the two most iconic things that he's ever done. Like, Facts. I compare his look in Fifth Element to people all the time. I'll be like, he looks, he looks like... Girl. For sure. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> obvi- obviously, it's not a very complimentary thing to say about somebody um, but it, it depends it i guess yeah, yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah nah, damn that's so crazy like you can expose like expose people like that mm-hmm. to say they hate something that they're a part of that's different you know it's like somebody it's like somebody working on a Kanye album and be like yeah i hate i hate jesus oh, i can't stand that out yeah but you was in there though yeah <laughs> yeah, you was yeah. There, like you was 10 toes down like you bought in so it's like 
It's an interesting thing that you could bring that out of somebody based on some art you made that they participated in. You know, I work on a lot of I like it's like I worked on Steve Lacey last couple I was like me like, I hate working. No way. I would never <laughs> like you know, like I don't know. I, I've never I have never you know, I've had bad experience, even acting, you know, I've had some bad experiences acting in some T V shows and stuff. But I I never I don't hate the experiences or any you know, I it's all learning. Yeah. Like I'm looking at everything as like a, like a life lesson, you know, and helping me with, as far as like a version of guidance that I, that I, you know, would need. Cause it's like, all right, well, if I'm a part of something that, you know, somebody convinced me to be a part of and it's getting a good response and, and you know, it's culturally impactful, then my subconscious must know something I don't know. Yeah. I think Gary Oldman doesn't have the greatest reputation in terms of like being a nice guy. So... Maybe, maybe that's got something to do with it. But then there's like, you know, Harrison Ford hated Blade Runner for a long time. And I think he's kind of come around. That's crazy because Blade Runner, Blade Runner in my top, you know, it's up there for me, you know. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know until recently that he didn't like Blade Runner, you know. And I've been watching Blade Runner since I was like 15, 14, 13, even. Like, I remember being in high school watching it all the time. So I, I don't even, yeah, I don't get it, you know. I, I don't know, maybe that's like a level of privilege I don't understand or something. Like, you know, maybe that's like a level of access and, you know, um, a level of like, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like, it's like, yeah, if I get handed a thousand movies in a year and I pick three and, you know, one of them out of the three I pick, I don't like, then oh, I had all these other movies I got to pick from. Why I picked this movie, you know, like, I guess that's the way maybe like to look at it from their standpoint. But yeah, if you don't have the opportunity, you know, if you Chris Tucker, I'm sure you're not getting at the beginning, you wasn't getting a thousand like roles like that, you know what I'm saying? Like that was outside of you playing certain roles. So it's like, yeah, you're going to make every opportunity. You're going to heighten it and you're going to elevate it and you're going to love it. You know, you're going to make yourself love it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I think and I lean more towards that aspect of creativity. You know, if I agree to do something creatively, I'm going to find things that I'm interested in about, even like with people, you know, if I meet somebody and I want them to be in my life, I'm going to speak to the strengths, you know, and we're going to go from there, you know, like, yeah, I think that's, that's best bet, you know, because then you come from a place of gratitude more than anything else. And that's that's the thing for me. Like, I don't think Gary Oldman had anything bad to say about Luc Besson or about the process or about filming or anything. It's just like he just didn't like it. It wasn't to his taste. And there's something that feels kind of gross about that to me, that it's like it isn't very gracious to, you know, work with someone who you're friends with on something that obviously means a lot to them and just kind of shit over shit all over it when you're talking to other people about it. Yeah, especially if you know the process of like anything, like, you know, you come up with an idea, then you got to convince yourself that it's a good idea. And then you have to finalize the idea. And then you have to bring people who can help you actualize it. But in the process of you actualizing the idea, they're going to tell you what they don't like about it, what they like about it. I was just having a conversation with, you know, a producer earlier in my studio about that. You know, I was telling him a concept that I have for a film. And, you know, his first thing to go is to put me in a box. Go, man, you know, traditionally, da 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 And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. That's your job. Mm. You know, my job is to go as far over here as I could possibly go. Because I know by the time it comes to bringing in production companies and, you know, executive producers and producers and what actors you guys might want, like, you guys, by the time it gets to actually being made, it's not going to be what I originally envisioned for it to be. So let me go as far as I could go so I meet y'all in the middle. I don't feel like I'm overextending myself to y'all side and I'm not getting the product that I want because then uh, then I'm not going to work hard on the, the thing that I was so passionate about. So, you know, yeah, I think like any artist that is able to, you know, I'm sure Luke Besson, he, I'm sure Fifth Element was way crazier. Hmm. It might have been way 
crazier than it was. But imagine if he didn't start out way crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the first couple times he pitched it, they was like, oh, no, that's too much. Like, Lou, you wildin'. Like, that's too much. And then he had to slowly be like, all right, well, what should I take out? What should I do this? Da, da, da. And by the time he got to the time when it's time to make it, he's like, all right, cool. You know what? That's a good balance for me. Like, you get what you want. I got what I wanted. You know, you got the actors you want in this movie. You know what I'm saying? Cool. So you can sell it. You know what I mean? Bet. I got them to buy in on my storyline so I, they can show up to work and be excited about what they're doing and, and be convicted, you know, actors. And cool. Like, so that's how I think about creating. I never had ideas and, and knowing, you know, that if I want to be a part of a storyline or pr participate in any kind of culture, you know, like film culture, music, anything having to do with expression, art culture, it's going to be like a little moment where I'm not going to be all the way happy with what's happening. So I might as well start way over there because that's why you that's why you interested in me in the first place it's because of all these wild ideas i got because you like wow you could come up with these things so fearlessly and express them so open you know and mm. not be worried about or concerned with who received it how yeah you, we need that fearlessness because if we, if we get a little bit of shit for it and we don't get a positive response or somebody might have something to say against it you'll stand up for it you know right so like yeah so i love i love that aspect of thinking about that part of the process i'm like damn i wonder how much versions fifth element had before he had the version he had like was is that draft 10 right and he's the the seed of the idea for this came when he was 16 so he was he made the movie when he was i think 38 and he'd been thinking about it that whole time and kind of developing it in his mind and turning it around in his mind and then the response is i didn't like it it's like Yo, oh. imagine you know like yeah, like, I think about, you know, like, it's like my album now. It's like, I haven't released an album in six years. Some of this music I made in 2015, 16. I've been sitting with this music for this long and presented to all these different people. Also, I'm releasing the independent now. I, I was like, I can't deal with this right now. My In this aspect of my life, because I'm already doing it in all these other mediums, you know? So I'm like, all right, cool. But, you know, imagine me telling people, like, yeah, man, Somebody be like, man, this song's crazy. When you made it? I'm like, 2015. They're like, 2015? I'm like, yeah, that's that's pretty normal, actually. Like, well, anything you care about, if you you know, that's like Seth Rogen and Superbad. He wrote that. He wrote the, the I think they said he he said he wrote the first draft when he was like 14, 15. Right. Bro made him and Judd Apatow went crazy. They did 40-year-old virgin, knocked up. Did, like, did all these films. And then he was like, all I need to, all this was education for me to have the heart to make Superbad exactly like how I want to make it, like the closest I can make it, you know, to what I wanted. Like, so I'm pretty sure that's, you know, that was Luke Besson's experience. You know, he's like, all these other things are proof of concept to this magnum opus in my head that I, that no one can, no one's going to shift or alter. Like, we ain't going to turn my sci-fi rom-com into a motherfucking dramedy goddamn thriller just because that's what's appealing right now. That's not, not that, you know? Right. So yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's important to know too. Like, I'm glad you, you know, you saying that because I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, and that that is the thing. It's like you, you have something that you're that passionate about that you really care about. You put all your, you know, your heart and soul into it, and you know, sometimes really heartbreaking things happen. You put that much energy into something, and it just never happens and never comes together. But when you have something like this, where you've been working on it for whatever twenty years, and it does come together, and you actually get to put it out in the world, it's yeah, it's a special thing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure at some point in time he thought it was never going to come together. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure at some times he's like, man, shit, let me just hang this up, put this in the closet for a little bit. I don't really. And then, you know, he stubbed his toe and had a flashback. Like, nah, I got to get it out the closet. Like, <laughs> got, you know, like treat like an old coat. Like, nah, I got to bring this coat back. Like, 
it's back in fat, you know what I'm saying? So I'm sure, like, because, you know, I, I felt like that by my album. I thought, like, I'll never, I'll never put music out again based on my experiences. I was signed to a label. I was stuck in my deal. I couldn't get out. You know, I learned all these things about the music industry that I was I, I was privy to because I had been independent and on an island for so long. And I'm like, all right, well, I want to come and play with y'all on y'all island. And it's like, you know, now I'm affected, you know, and I'm like, oh, this is never going to happen the way I want it to happen. You know, I'm sure it happened to me a bunch of times. Hmm. So I get that, you know, and then at one point in time, I was like, never say never. You, know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> oh, I do indeed. Yeah. It's like, I'm sure you you had an idea. You're like, I want to do this thing where I talk about this thing. And people are like, I don't get it. Yeah. What is that about? Why, 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 why would we be interested in hearing that? You're like, I guess it ain't good. And then you're like, nah, this is a good idea. You got to fight for it. You're like, is it going to happen? It's going to happen. And then you do your first one. You're like, that was, I like this. Then you do your mm-hmm. second one. Then you do your third one. And you're like, you know what? Man, never say never. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's exactly it. Yeah, that's how I get, you know, that's the story, man. That's literally the story of the artist, man. You know, like, like nobody, nobody buys in in the beginning. Right. Yeah. Nah, nobody, nobody, nobody buys in the beginning. Maybe your mama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, hope, hopefully. Yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. your mama. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But in the beginning, <laughs> like, when I started making music, you know, I didn't, I didn't know how to create a lifestyle around it. I didn't know that I could feed myself. Like, nobody told me. Nobody was like, this is a good idea. You should rock with this. Not in the way I want to go about it. You know what I mean? Everybody come with like, all right, so these are the rules. You got to go like this, do this. I'm like, well, I don't want to, I want to live by y'all rules. Then I, then I'm succumb to y'all consequences. Like, then I'm like, I become a prisoner to your shit. I don't got nothing to do with it. I'm including conversations that I shouldn't be a part of. Like, you know, so I've always thought like that, you know, so I'm always drawn to artists and art that symbolizes that for me so it's a reminder mm. you know that I, I you know it's okay if you know i'm left of center center i don't got to be center center yeah like i'm a part of the conversation because i care you know and i and I, I understand what pop culture is and you know how art transforms into you know political aspects of life and all these other things that we touch on that art transmutes so i get that part i know the power of it so yeah i want to be included but the way i want to be like how i'm going i I I know how I add value, you know, so when I see examples of that, you know, in whatever format of expression, like in storytelling, and I'm I'm like a champion for it. I'm like, I'm with that. Like, I get it 100%. I sympathize. I connect. Like, I don't be, I don't, you know, I, I don't live on couches I done, for my art. You know, I don't quit all my jobs. I done did everything. I know Luke Besson I've probably been through at some point in time in his life. <laughs> yes, Yeah. You know, like it's not the the storyline is not that far when you know you want to be an independent person that creates your own equity and something that you believe in. You know, like they're not that they story the stories are not that different. I work with a lot of artists, you know, and we got we all got similar stories. Like true artists, you got say, you know, it ain't like oh I woke up with this idea and somebody just gave me ten million dollars. Like let's go, right? No, no, no. <laughs> you know, we ain't we ain't nothing but proof of concept. Then another proof of concept, another proof of concept, another proof of concept. Somebody goes, wait, 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 I want to be a part of this proof of concept. All right. <laughs> yeah. You know, so shout out Fifth Element, man. You know, shout out to Spark Parade, man. I have to say, just uh, as a, a little closing salvo here, I like to save the ass kissing to the end so it doesn't affect <laughs> the quality of the interview. But this new album. Yeah. How dare you so so good like thank you very much adam just like nothing else and amazing congratulations 
really, really wonderful. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll receive that, you know, mm -hmm. as, a, as an artist constantly in the universe of my mind, you know, nitpicking and overthinking and, you know, overexerting, overgiving. I will, uh, thank you very much. I'll receive. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for this to be out in the world and for other people Thank to be able to man. hear it. You so. about to make me emotional, man. I'm about to cry, man. <laughs> Come on now. It's been a week, my brother. Just, yeah. you know? Yeah. Long how coming, so just keep it cool. But I appreciate that. Thank you very much, man. Thank you for this conversation, yeah. man. Very, a very enlightening conversation. A very, uh, I'm about to, I was hating on the Valerian for a while, you know? But <laughs> now that we talking, I'm going to go back and watch it with a with an open heart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know? I think that. That that's the, the way to, the way to be, yeah. Um, thank you so much. This is really like, you know, I love I love what I do, but when this kind of magic happens, where you know I can talk to somebody who is really in it and you know, yeah. uh, is excited to talk about what they've chosen, that's that's the good of stuff. Of course, hey man, I'm a, I'm gonna bring the effort every time. You do your job good. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to match. You know what I mean, so. <laughs> I appreciate it. Aim the same to you, man. Yeah. Keep lighting it up. All right. Respect to you. Thank you so much. What a lovely, lovely conversation with a fantastic individual. Thank you so much again to Jesse for chatting with me. His utterly brilliant new album, New Growth, is out now and it is available for your listening pleasure. Okay. Uh, no new spark of the week from me this week because it's time for me to take a break. This is the last episode of the year, and what a year it has been. I'm off next week, so you'll have a lovely encore presentation episode in your feed. Uh, you know, I hope you're taking a break too. Have some fun and relax. Please remember to follow me on social media at Spark Parade, and then give the show a glowing five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And after that, you better get ready for January, because... I've got some real good stuff planned for you. Seriously, get excited. The whole of January, the roster is out of control. So, take care for now, and until next time, bye! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.